Hello, everybody. Welcome to Politically Charged. I'm back with Richard Brackner, someone who was on the podcast a good minute ago now, I would say, talking about the Almost a year, right? Almost a year. Yeah, Yeah. we're coming up there. Time has gone by really fast this year. (laughs) So (laughs) since we last talked, um, what are things that may have like changed with the campaign thing? Like, have you gotten, would you say more serious about it now that we're coming down to the wire that we're getting there or oh yeah no um i mean now that you can see the finish line essentially like we're less than a week away um it has uh basically become my job i've actually asked for uh the week leading up to the election off of work so i can just focus on this i'm trying to get those last minute calls trying to find every uh swing voter and convince them that I'm the choice for them. It has been a thing. And then as far as uh, the situation in the campaign evolving, I mean, we got to go back to the summer where those uh, about two week span of Supreme Court decisions that put a lot of focus on states' rights has really changed and shifted the focus of not just my campaign, but probably every state campaign in the US. Like it is, uh, been a lot different yeah no that i could definitely imagine and you're you're in a district too that has historically been red for a long time but i see on twitter that you're out there every day you're putting in a lot and a lot of work trying to reach out to voters trying to just put in the effort which is really affable and it's great to see that like just scrolling through your twitter you can see the dedication you've been calling and knocking on doors all day every day from what i can tell and that's amazing yeah uh it's i because like you said we live in such a a red area and because we haven't had a local candidate democratic candidate run for this position since 2006 um it's important that people know that they're going to have an option this year um and that boots on the ground type door knocking calling texting um, day in, day out, and ensures that uh, one way or another, people are going to hear my name. And when they see it on the ballot, hopefully they'll recognize it for what it is. But uh, it's very exciting because of that, um, because it's been so long and because the population down here has shifted so much and has grown so much. Um, exactly, like I'm not sure exactly how red we're going to be by November 8th. Hopefully, we'll be a little bit more purple, maybe even blue. That would be an amazing hope, and that'd be really all accredited to you, because it just seems like everybody wrote off your district as a red district and didn't want to bother, but you're putting in a lot of work to change that. Yeah, no, me and the uh, the county Democratic Party has really done a lot for this campaign, and uh, and we have to like give it up as well, the, the other Democratic candidate here running for um, a county commissioner. Uh, position has put in a lot of work as well so he's going to bring more democrats out who will hopefully um, vote for me as well so uh, we've been working kind of separate but in tandem um getting the word that democrats have not forgotten about ball count yeah and that's that's great like seeing all the work you put in it's especially in the area that you're in not only helps you down there but it ends up helping the country in the long run so it is great to see the work you're putting in and it shows how dedicated you are to that area shows that you care and hopefully you're going to take that 
to your state house because like i don't know about you but i feel fairly confident with your election like more so than a lot of others because i see you putting in more work for what you're doing for what you're going for than some people have put in for even a senate race well that's um I really hope the work pays off. It's kind of funny that you mentioned putting in the work because um, I haven't seen my opponent do anything, which, I mean, I'm not trying to like, sleep. I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but um, it seems like I'm running against uh, just the letter R. Like I'm not really running against the person um, because they haven't been promoting themselves. I've, every time I talk to people, if I get the opportunity, I'll like, you know, ask if they've heard of me or my opponent and half the time like well who are you running against um and she has a much bigger war chest than i do uh to the tune of about a hundred thousand dollars that she just has not spent a dime of since the primary so uh it's interesting because i don't have a metric against which to uh to see how i'm doing it's just kind of running this one one person race and i guess she's just already like just polishing her trophy place like it's just going to be given to her because there's an r next to her name yeah and i feel like that's a lot of sentiment with a lot of republican candidates to be honest like even in the county and district i live in um it's a very red area um the democrat here is a lot like you she's putting in a lot of work she's out every day talking like door knocking and like we're a huge farm district so she's putting in the work and going out to farmers and I didn't know there wasn't a Republican incumbent for the seat. I didn't know who was running for it. Like, oh, I, yeah, no, there, a lot of stuff happened in my district and I had no idea who the Republican was until I did research into the race to figure out who was all running. And I still haven't seen anything from him, which is, so they're just, they're running off the, yeah, it's, they're running off the presumption that the letter next to their name is all they need to win. Um, and to me, that shows that, A, uh, since they're running off that assumption, they're not really going to be a representative for the people so much as they'll just be a representative for the party because I believe that the party wins the election, not the person running it, not their constituents. Um, and it's, it, and B, it's just kind of lazy. Um, and so hopefully I'm hoping that even if I lose my race, that it'll be tight enough that it will wake the representatives in, um, other districts up because if this district can be threatened, a lot of other districts in Alabama could be threatened, uh, to, to flip and it would make them at least be better representatives, actually listen to their constituents and, look at the problems that they're facing here in our state and try and solve them. And so I'm hoping that happens in your district, like win or lose. I'm hoping she makes an impact uh, by waking our representatives up and actually having them like, go, okay, what do y'all want? Because I need to, I want this job. So I want to keep it. So what problems can I solve for you? Yeah. Like if any, if, if you end up losing and you show the other person that they need to pay attention a little more, that would be, considered a win in my book yeah because sometimes all you gotta do is kick him in the ass and wake him up <laughs> excuse my language but you know i feel like it's the best way to put it but let's talk a little more on moments during your campaign has there been any times where it's like you just step back and thought holy crap 
I've I've done this. This like this is me. Or like any yeah. moments that particularly just stand out more than others. So I um I'm now kind of knee deep in politics, like whether I win or lose, because I'm now the first con for the male congressional representative for the first district for the Alabama Democratic Party. I'm that like that representative. Um, and that was kind of shocking because I kind of just I went to the executive meeting just to kind of see it and be there and meet like people who are already in office, um, basically just to rub shoulders. And I walked away with uh, a spot on the the board. Um, and that was kind of shock. Like I didn't ask for it. I didn't nominate my, in fact, I helped nominate someone else. And then someone, a third person nominated me and they said, well, if this guy is getting nominated, I rescind my nomination. So I was just up there just waiting for someone else to be like, I want to try. And uh, I won it by default. Um, but yeah, no, it was like, it, it, not a single thing I've done yet has made me feel more like a politician than in that moment. Even seeing like my name now, when you Google me, it comes up Richard Breckner, politician. Like that's, I always thought Google was lying, but <laughs> now that I'm part of the party, it's, uh, it was a reality. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That sounds like a very, just holy crap moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, that's, that's very that is very different from when I talked to you last time. Like it's, yeah. it's great seeing the difference between then and now where then it was, well, I just kind of wanted to try and see where, where things could go. And now you're kind of like, this is where things can go and they're going to go further. Yeah, Which, no, I have um, like, if I lose, I have no intention of this being like my last foray into politics. Um, honestly, like the next election, uh, which, you know, this seat won't be up for grabs at all. I want to lend the all the knowledge that I've learned, all the hurdles that I've crossed over. I want to lend those skills to someone else that wants to run down here um, because now I know how to do a campaign. Like, you know, yeah. we're only five days away from the election. <laughs> I, I've, I, I know all the things. Um, and to be able to ease someone else's process and getting to this point themselves would be a blessing for me. Yeah, that that would be amazing. Just even like passing down things, you know, I'm sure that would also be another one of those like moments for you, which yeah. is is great. Um, and, you know, we before we talked about the main things you wanted to focus on in this campaign, like as far as policies and support for them goes. Uh, how has that, I'm not going to say if, ask if that's changed, because I have no doubt in my mind that it has changed. So how has that changed from then to now? Like, are you focusing on new thing, newer things harder or old things that you wanted to before, but going more into it? Um, so yeah, there was, um, if you look at my website, it's been updated. There were certain things that are still near and dear to me that didn't seem that popular with uh, my constituents. So I've taken them off. Doesn't mean I, I care about them any less. It just means that I want to show them uh, the problems that they care about because I'm representing them. I'm not doing this for me. Um, so prison reform, uh, which is still near and dear to me, has taken a backseat burner to right now the economy. Uh, with the rising pot, I think the feds actually today just announced another uh, uh, rate increase uh, hike. Um, 
that's affecting people's wallets. It's affecting people's day-to-day lives uh, in a very real manner. So getting rid of the grocery tax and trying to repeal Alabama's 2019 gas tax is uh, like a first and foremost type thing if I win. Um, And a close, close second is making sure women have their reproductive rights. Alabama uh, kind of had a a spring trap loaded um, with a 2000, another 2019 bill that was shot down uh, by the feds. And then when the Dobbs decision happened, it, boom. Now we have uh, one of the most draconian uh, laws when it comes to abortion in the country. And we are gonna have to work hard to ensure that women's health and their rights are protected. Um, which was not the case a year ago. A year ago, Roe v. Wade was settled law. <laughs> that's yeah. probably the biggest single uh, change. That, that shifted probably every single campaign in the country. Yeah. <laughs> and if it didn't shift, if, it, if you're a candidate running and it didn't shift your campaign, well, you didn't focus on the right thing. That is, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're just very assured of where you're at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other things like that, uh, we've still got, I still want a lottery. I think everybody, I have only talked to literally one person um, who did not think positively about a lottery coming into our state. So by far and large, a lottery is still a positive thing I would like to bring on to the floor. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, like environmentalism is still important. I've learned so much more about how Alabama has kind of disregarded uh, keeping our climate and environment safe for the sake of businesses. Um, I don't want to bore you go all nerdy into it, but uh, just <laughs> Google coal ash. Um, if you're ever wondering like what kind of damages that could do and then look up uh, where Alabama puts all their coal ash. It's, it's not, not good. Um, oh, and I didn't know definitely that. have to yeah. look into that at some point because that stuff does interest me. So yeah. environmentalism is also very important to me. So, you know, um, trying to help out anywhere we can for in any way is amazing. Yeah, protect the future. Like, it's, yeah. like you're young. You're going to have to live with the decisions that are made now for the next, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years. Like, it, we can't keep kicking the can down the road when it comes to protecting uh, the air we breathe, the land we live on, the water we drink. Yeah. And, you know, it's great that you have made that clear in part of your campaign, because I know that was lightly talked about before, but I feel like we both brush it off as something that the people didn't necessarily want to hear about down there. I could be wrong with that, but no, it's a, it's been really eye-opening how much people are in tune with protecting our environment. And I know I mentioned before, like our beach and our economy are interlinked, but um, it's a lot deeper than that, which is really, really cool. It's uh, refreshing. Now I do want to talk about the prison reform a a little bit because um, we made a huge focus on that in our first interview, I remember. And um, you said that's kind of taken a back burner which surprises me a little bit because um, I know Alabama um, supposedly prides itself on being you know, tough on crime. And I remember in the past, I want to say a couple months even, Alabama put another $2 billion into um, like 
the prison system, which I think I saw that from your um, Twitter page. I might be wrong, but uh, we also had a prison strike where every big uh, prison in the state of Alabama went on strike. Um, I remember reading about fight for that. the rights, and it was yeah, no, it was a huge thing. I think it woke up a lot of people to the problem. Um, it's a great TikTok out. I think it's a prison topic, but it's basically like people who have smuggled in smartphones uh, into the prison showing what it's like in there. Um, and it is inhumane uh, to be clinical about it, I guess. Um, and yeah, it's still a darling issue of mine uh, to see actual prison reform, to see rehabilitation. Um, actual rehabilitation instead of just locking people up okay you've served your time letting them out and not prepping them for a re-entry into society and then just getting them back again within three years um it's not sustainable yeah i think we talked about that a bit too before and how you wanted to put more focus on um rehabilitation rather than you know punishment which you know is something that i highly agree on is prison should not be solely punishment it should focus on rehabilitation and that is not to say that there are um certain people who are irredeemable um because there are but i do believe that like a lot of people think that the majority of people in prison are irredeemable i think it's like a very small portion um because there are certain people who just like doing bad stuff and you're not going to be able to shake them of that but there are other people who just it was the best opportunity at the time to feed themselves or clothe themselves or help their family and they got called up and they made a mistake and if you give them the opportunity to do something else on the right side of the law they gladly take it we just have to extend that branch to them yeah, and that's great. And I hope that in a, in a way that I hope that that will carry through for a long time, that message alone, because if, in my opinion, it is one of the biggest and most important messages that you've tried to push, because it is important for not just Alabama, but for just America as a whole. Yeah. And <laughs> the fact that I, I have not seen really another politician talk about it a lot about prison reform. It's more of let's be tougher on crime or let's be less tough on certain crime, not we need to change how we're systematically doing everything, which. Well, uh, I do want to give a shout out then to Jared Budlong. He's an independent um, candidate for America's Alabama's governor, uh, and he has made that one of his central tentpole issues is prison reform. He was at the rally that kicked off the um, prison strike uh, and he has made several speeches concerning um, the inhumane treatment of prisoners. Uh, in fact, some of the stuff, like I've learned things from him that I was shocked to find out, like how low Alabama goes with our prison system. Um, even when it comes to the death penalty, we were I, we made national news a few months ago for the execution of a man um, that went awry to put it lightly 
there was a write-up in I think the Atlantic about it and you can read up on it and I don't want to get into details here because they were rather yeah. gory but um, it was not right what they did to him even if he did deserve the death penalty which is a whole nother conversation the way they went about it was not right yeah um i also have my own personal thoughts on the death penalty and think it should be reserved for the most extreme and severe cases i largely disagree with it being a system at all but um yeah i i think i know what you're talking about and it was truly a hard thing to, to read about and see and every time i see stuff that include prison reform especially with alabama i just think of your campaign and how it's like there is hope I'm Which, glad I'm glad I made a lasting impression. Oh yeah, no, you you made a lasting impression for my whole podcast. I think. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, and I'm hoping that you can leave just as big, but hopefully bigger, lasting impression in your district, win or lose. Fingers crossed. Um, either way, I'm I I'm going to I'm looking forward to November 9th uh as a true sabbath like day of rest type of thing win (laughs) or lose like that is what i'm looking forward to the most right now is just being able to zone out um and just catch up on netflix shows (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm not gonna lie that i am more scared than i've ever been (laughs) oh man no i mean it's midterm like yeah no, I mean, when you talk about like on a national scale, like can the Democrats hold power? Is that 538 thing that came out three days ago going to be right? And uh, we're going to lose the House and the Senate. Um, because if we lose the House and the Senate, we're going to have like. Nothing good. Yeah, no, I mean, the implications are just. It's there's a lot. It's major. And yeah, it's it's nerve-wracking to sit by and see what happens and you know the way the the things the little things that keep me going is remember especially remembering that a vast majority of the polls at this moment are republican funded to make them look better so people will say well if other people think they look better i'm going to vote for them and i'm hoping it backfires i'm hoping it lights a fire under uh people's butts who do not want to see that and drives them to the polls yeah and that that's you know the big hope (laughs) and we i mean we are seeing right now record turnout for a midterm um early early voting and yes we are especially with younger people and i don't know if your district is you said it's a growing district and to me that makes it sound like it's starting to be a younger district of just people who are fit that younger age range there are a lot of uh young people here um that if they all voted they would outnumber the older vote but there is still we are still uh on average the oldest voting block in alabama um but i have been trying to reach younger people i'm you know started a tiktok um since we last talked i'll have to not very good at it i'll be honest (laughs) it's a it is a social media medium Mm -hmm. that um i am struggling to grasp some of the videos i make that i think are like really good don't do well and then some stupid video i make will just get like 300 views i'm like what is going but hopefully yeah hopefully oh sorry oh no 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 
go ahead. I'm just saying uh, hopefully it works. <laughs> there's a reason politically charged has a TikTok that has absolutely no followers or videos. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's a medium I can take this to. No, I don't know how to use it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but, I've I've come close to like just paying off somebody like, will you just handle my TikTok? <laughs> but then yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's but. I, I've been seeing a lot that young voters are going to decide this election. And even though you live in the oldest voting district, you still said you have a lot of young people there, which shows the power of mm-hmm. where young voters are at right now. And it's, and it's great that you're putting in the effort to reach out to young voters because it's been showing throughout the entire year that the um, campaigns that have focused on getting that young voter turnout are statistically actually doing better in the polls oh wow see i wish i had the money to fund the poll uh just to see what was going on down here but uh sadly i it's i'm running on a shoestring and can't do a poll on a shoestring (laughs) yeah Um, that's that's what's unfortunate is that polls like or races like yours aren't going to get third party polls that will yeah show the results which and always people like me who absolutely love looking at statistics of everything I can and trying to figure out polls. Like we had a poll here that was a statewide poll that the first one that showed the Republican winning, Scott Jensen winning, um, when you look into who was polled, a lar- it was a thousand person poll with over 70% of the polled people being white people who are 65 to 85 which does not make up a majority of minnesota but it does make sense what it makes up like on the polling thing because if you're not texting them asking them to do a poll if you're calling them um older people tend to answer numbers they don't know more than younger people like younger yeah. people will see a number they don't know and be like ah spam uh, an oh. older person will just be like um who is this and then Oh, I get to answer a poll and I get to be counted. Look at that. I'm also and guilty of it, though. I have answered one Democrat. Oh, excuse me. One Democratic poll for texts I've gotten, but I never know which ones are them begging me for money and which ones are serious polls. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been very aggressive campaigning here because I live in a state that can go either way every year. <laughs> That's good, though. That's uh, that means that both sides will be not just fighting for the votes now, but uh, they're going to try to build a track record to keep your vote next time. Like the, the we fighting for finding solutions to problems other than when you have state. And this goes, I think on both sides, if you have states that's dominated by one party left or right, um, like I said earlier, like to reiterate back, it, it breeds a lazier politician. Yeah. Which, you know, would be a nice thing here, except, Today, not even five hours ago, I think five hours ago, Scott Jensen said he actually has no plan for education reform when that's been a main focus of his entire campaign. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're going to do big things. All right. What are you going to do? I don't know. He also said that schools are putting litter boxes into the bathrooms for kids to use. So he has had. And there's fentanyl and trick or treat candy. It's. That's such a weird lie. That, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, fentanyl has replaced all the razor blades and candy, oh. and uh, yeah, kids have litter boxes. Um, if they identify as cats in school, they have to legally. That's I've, their constitutional know, right. No, 
<laughs> personally i wouldn't mind living in that dystopian world for a day because i would be freaking hilarious yeah just <laughs> but the fact is that a lot of the stuff they're saying is largely based on lies and and pretty blatant lies at that um yeah but like it doesn't it feel good knowing that the other side's trying to do that sort of stuff like that's what they're oh, appealing yeah. to they're appealing to your feelings uh so you can feel morally superior to the other side so i i and i like i think both sides do that to an extent oh yeah um, um i have i'm critical of both smaller parties. extent on the left yeah because the left the left will just stretch the truth out and take a small problem and blow it up and make it seem bigger the right like you said will just grab something out of thin air and just be like no this is look at this like um and then that translates into very real laws that hurt people and a good example of that is uh the trans bathroom law there's hardly hardly any statistical events like that uh trans people will more likely to commit um sexual crimes in a bathroom uh in yeah. fact if you were to go off like the statistics it would be like you know priests teachers and boy scout troop leaders who yeah. should not who should be banned from bathrooms it's the statistics and like they just show different which you know is a thing that a lot of people need to recognize we i'm gonna try and steer this back on topic to yeah. end it though because we this is what happens when the host has really <laughs> bad ADD. I cannot focus, but um, so we're coming. I, I want to come down to the end of this, wrap it up. Um, is there anything you want to leave at the closing statement? Because we said a lot in the first interview and we've said a lot tonight. So I would love to just, you have any, any amount of time. Yeah, to uh, just anybody that's listened to this know that your vote matters more in these smaller elections. And know that if you do not see somebody having any competition on a ballot, uh, it is very easy to run against them the next time. Um, I did it, and I am a 33-year-old college graduate who is a waiter on his day job and a campaigning for himself at night. And if I can do it, you can absolutely do it too. If you're not happy with the political situation where you are, you can change it. You can be the change that you want to see. Um, and you can find a group of people that want to help you too. You don't have to do this by yourself. Um, I found the Democrats party, uh, Baldwin County helped me immensely. And I have to give a big shout out to them for doing so. Um, also a big shout out to uh, a special lady named Barbara Vance, who actually volunteered herself to be like my campaign manager and data collection and everything. And she had taken such a load uh off of my shoulders the past couple of months um helping me out with that so just want to give a special thank you to her and um yeah if you're thinking about running and you want any advice on how to do it especially if you're running in alabama visit richardbrackner.com find my phone number find my email address shoot me a message and i will send you in the right direction um that is my promise to you and uh other than that um yeah i'll just keep an eye out on this election for it send me a you know send me a condolences or a good job depending uh, on what happens november 8th so thank you so much for being here and like everybody else your um all of richard brackner's info the website twitter everything everywhere you can find him will be in the description 
thank you everybody for watching listening for just being here and a special thank you to richard brackner for coming back you're just a friend of the podcast at this point we oh, <laughs> I, it's a pleasure to be i was so happy that you were willing to come back on and talk about it especially coming to the end of the election here i know you're very busy so i'm very grateful you found time in your day to do this oh man i think it's awesome that you're, you're basically the cap on my campaign you're the first <laughs> podcast i ever did now you're gonna be the last before the election <laughs> so that's yeah. pretty awesome thank you so much for having me again I'm glad to have that so you know, with that, thank you, everybody. And I hope you have a great rest of your night. Bye.